And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today's quote is, Life Begins at the End of Your Comfort Zone by Neil Donald Walsh. Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, and I thought it it's important, I think, to, to dive into it a little bit more, and I've been thinking about it a lot, is this misconception with mindfulness that it's about being calm and being peaceful and being comfortable um, when in reality it's it's very much about learning to be comfortable with discomfort yeah I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up and and I think that's a that's a spot-on quote for um, for this topic I think that a lot of the the, this misconception of around kind of mindfulness being this peaceful state, I think that's kind of a, a wishful thinking. I think a lot of times people kind of seek out mindfulness because they're stressed, because they're depressed, they're anxious, they're feeling some sort of disease, discomfort emotionally, and they're kind of looking for a way out. And and I think that it's just kind of become this 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 idea that, you know, if you become mindful, you're going to be always at ease, feeling peaceful and, and calm. And, and, you know, it's interesting that that's become such a common misconception, because I think like, you're right, that that really being mindful is being able to accept whatever that moment is bringing, whether it's discomfort, dis-ease, frustration, and, and being able to find, um, you know, being able to, to, to be aware and, allow yourself to sit in that space rather than seeking a way out. And so I think that it's interesting that we've kind of, what's the the word I'm looking for, maybe idealized my, a mindful state of being into this, like, oh, it's just going to be, you know, you're just going to feel so peaceful and so calm and, and it'll be great. And I think that's kind of this idealized I, idea that, that definitely is very prevalent. Yeah, I think a lot of it too. Um, the other thing I hear a lot as criticism for mindfulness of people who have an idea of what it is, but have never practiced is this idea of numbness. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not that you become numb in the discomfort. It's that you are embracing the discomfort that you're in fully and experiencing it fully um, Mm -hmm. as opposed Mm -hmm. to fighting against it, um, which is very different than, accepting it or being numb to it. Right, right. Yeah. So you're fully accepting all aspects of that experience, which I think this idea of numbness may come from from the outside looking in, you may look very numb, you know, and it may look like you're not experiencing anything, but that's to someone who's observing. But internally, that person is experiencing a lot of sensation or, or, or whatever it is. And, and, um, but I think that part of the, I don't know if it's maybe a, a calmness and the response to it that kind of makes people feel like it, that it's, uh, that it, there, there's a calm state of being. I'm not really, you know, sure what kind of the, the root of that misconception is, but I think that you're right that there's kind of this, this, this idea of, of, of being numb. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's, it's hard. It's hard to to put words to it, but it is kind of a, a a calmness in the fact that normally when people are discomfort, they 
they when there is discomfort, they run from it or there's right. kind of chaos or fear or these heightened emotions. And it's not that they're not there, but you're kind of sitting in the in them and letting them be um, and observing them. And I think that's where the, the, the calmness comes from, because most people are just riding their emotions from emotion to emotion. They're not observing yes. those emotions. And when you start to observe them from the outside, it does look calm, even though inside everything's kind of boiling and, and chaotic in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're boiling and chaotic, and there's a lot of, of, of curiosity and exploration going on on the inside, but, but to the outside, it doesn't look like um, what it looks like when we're escaping our emotions, when we're kind of flailing mm-hmm. from thing to thing, when we're you know, um, whether it be going from different substances or going through different distractions, kind of trying to, trying to find a way to escape whatever we're, we're feeling or, or trying to avoid. And so I think, again, it's this, it, it looks very different because a lot of it is a very internal experience versus a lot of times what we're doing when we're looking for external things to soothe our emotions or find a way to escape from whatever we're feeling or experiencing. Yeah, I think a lot of the misconceptions in, in general with with mindfulness, whether it be discomfort or, or anything else, is the the way that mindfulness is kind of manifested in the the Western world mm-hmm. is it's kind of been and not not completely, but in it, in a lot of ways it's been stripped of the the spiritual and religious ties that it had and kind of put into this clinical place. Cause I know for me, I'll go, be going to a retreat or I'll be going, I'll just be going into deep meditation or, or, or whatever. And people will get concerned that, that something's wrong. Um, that, that don't know me well and don't know they'll, they assume that meditation is kind of this thing people use to, to, calm themselves or like numb themselves to to issues or fix issues um yeah and it's it's interesting how that's kind of kind of morphed into the the -hmm. perception yeah and i think you're right i think that it's it it in the west it is very it it we we do experience or we have been um it's been brought into our awareness from more of a clinical perspective i know for myself, that was my first kind of experience or understanding or learning about what mindfulness was, was as, you know, training to be a therapist and kind of learning about techniques to help people with anxiety or, or what, you know, stress management and then learning that, oh, okay, there's actually so much more to this and it goes so much deeper than that. But I think that, that, that you're right, that we've kind of, um, in, you know, in the West, we've, we've taken a lot of, we've taken kind of bullet points from, from mindfulness and, and, and really expanded on those bullet points, but really kind of left out, I think a lot of some of the kind of deeper, um, like you said, kind of deeper spirituality that I think is really more lends to actually living more of a mindful life versus, you know, dropping in and out of practicing mindful meditation kind of techniques depending on what's going on in your life or as a a treatment for something yeah it's 
it's like all things mindfulness is a is is just a tool and we've kind of taken that tool and abandoned the the um tool the guide that goes with it and kind of created our own clinical guide in in a way and that's i also like to talk about that with people is that it is just a tool and if it's used correctly it can open you up and create positive change but it can also be used incorrectly like any tool can be and cause a lot of isolation and mm-hmm. and issues if you don't have the 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 structure and the the guidance under it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i definitely i think that that can be concerning and i think that we're really good for kind of doing that for breaking things down into more kind of easy to digest um kind of cliff notes versions Mm -hmm. of them and sometimes that's effective and sometimes it's not and i think that in this case i think that using mindfulness as a tool and kind of um whatever may pique someone's interest in in seeking mindfulness i think that if they're able to um find a space where they can learn it but also learn more about um kind of the mindful lifestyle practices that go along with it and and find good teachers and and you know um helpful places to learn i think that kind of that initially um experiencing it as 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 hope you know i think this will really help me deal with my stress to actually finding something that really um becomes a part of their life and and becomes really important. So I think that people can transition. So I think that though we've taken a lot out of it um, with how we how we practice it and how we kind of teach it, I still think that it it, it still can be a a bridge for people to to find that deeper level of mindfulness. And some people won't, and they may just you know find um, you know, something that they like and use that tool kind of here and there. But for other people, they may, it may open them up to want to experience it and learn it at a deeper level when they're ready. Right. And all those, I, I think there's a big difference between the, um, the kind of, uh, pop culture idea of mindfulness as it's kind of been popular over the last 15 years versus the, the reality. And you kind of get a lot of those the, the negative stereotypes in there within pop culture. But when you look deeper into it, all those things are, everything is accessible in, in America, especially in places like Los Angeles or big cities. If you want my, I mean, just in Los Angeles, if you want to do completely clinical mindfulness, you can go to UCLA and get certified in mindfulness from a complete clinical place. And, if you want to do the opposite spectrum, there's Buddhist temples all throughout the city where you can get it from the, the spiritual place. And then there's a bunch of places that do kind of a, a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I think that the, the nice thing is that we have a lot of access, um, but I think the difficulty is with a lot of access, people almost find themselves overwhelmed and kind of not really narrowing their focus to finding something that's actually going to be helpful. I know this was a big um, struggle for me is that there was so many different things. Like you said, there's 
UCLA's mindfulness-based stress reduction. There's all these different things. There's so many different books. There's temples. There's against the stream group. There's so many different things. And I wanted to just absorb and try to digest it all. And that's completely not mindful. Right. (laughs) It's like the opposite of mindfulness. And so I'm like frantically trying to just learn all the things and, and, and find, um, you know, find it in all these different places when I realized I had to find a way to, to narrow down my focus and really just kind of um, rather than, again, trying to, and we talked about this before, rather than trying to learn it, um, just realizing I had to sit back and experience it. Because um, a lot of us, again, just want to learn and just have the information and think that if we just acquire enough information about something that we'll get it. Um, but realizing that so much of it is the experience. And so I would say picking somewhere that fits with your interest, you know, so again, like you said, if you're looking for the clinical, um, or if you're looking for more of a spiritual side practice, and I think people kind of know what they're going to be more interested in starting somewhere and sticking to that rather than kind of, you know, buzzing around to, to too many different things and overwhelming yourself. Right. And at, at, at the core, um, most places are the 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 core is the same they're they're using different tools yeah. to explore it but um it, it's really the, the same principles and and philosophy and kind of um ec- exploration okay. um, i mean there's a bunch of places especially in la that try to take advantage of people um but i think that's just also the nature of humanity and kind of the game if you will right but what i liked about uh what you're saying is it brings it back to the the comfort zone idea and the comfort zone is personal to each person and most breakthroughs or things that are meaningful in someone's life are the times where they are able to break out of that and it it goes to simple things like what you're talking about is just having a habit of wanting to learn and wanting to know and to to find it wherever you can and just taking the time to say well maybe i just need to sit back i'm not as comfortable with that but just experience what it is and then eventually those things become comfortable and sometimes things never become comfortable and you just learn from sitting in that discomfort um but a lot of times um your kind of comfort zone just expands and expands and yeah. expands. Yeah. I, I like that you're talking about that comfort zone. Cause I think like a lot of our comfort zone is really just established by fear. And mm-hmm. so our own concept of what we can handle is what really creates that, that comfort zone for us. And so by challenging yourself to kind of push past that in a, in a gradual way, so you're not completely overloading yourself um, as far as discomfort, but knowing your own kind of comfort zone and pushing you know, past that and continuing to practice that experience, you're right. It really does expand it because it expands your confidence and realizing I can be uncomfortable. That's okay. Like I, you know, and, and, and cause we, we, we constantly want to withdraw from, from discomfort. There's this fear. I'm not going to be able to handle it. I don't, you know? And, and so when we realize like, okay, maybe this, like you said, may never become comfortable. A lot of things do. We habituate to a lot of things, but some things, may never become comfortable. They may always be a little bit agonizing and yet we can still 
get through it. And so by even just building up that confidence and that experience of knowing that, that I can do this, I think really helps expand that, that zone. Right. I've been, I've seen a few things on Facebook lately of motivational speakers talking about, um, talking about the, the big problem that gets in people's way of success is um, lack of motivation or not wanting something enough. And uh, I, I've seen it in, in enough times that, that every time now I'm like, ah, I just don't, I don't fully ag- ag- agree with, it seems like an oversimplification. And yeah, I think in my experience and what, what I see with the people around me and that I engage with is that it, it rarely has anything to do with success rarely has anything to do with who wanted it the most, but who is willing to be uncomfortable and break out of that thing and do things that other people aren't willing to do. Um, and I guess that can come from wanting it more than others and willing to push yourself with that as the motivation to put yourself out of your comfort zone. But there's also people who just have a bigger comfort zone and it's easier to break out of it. It's easier just, it's just expanded larger. But I think that for me, that's the big, that's the, the the stopping block for the idea of success in our, in our culture. Yeah. I, I, I like that you bring this up because it, it really makes me think about um, a lot of just cultural differences that we've talked about in the past and thinking about comfort zone and, and that idea that, you know, you just want something hard enough and you just push for it. Like you'll, you'll achieve it. And if you don't, that means you didn't want it or you didn't try, but recognizing that, you know, in this country and in so many different places, everybody has a different experience of, of what limits where they're allowed to even be and what kind of space they're even um, allowed to take up. And so you think about, you know, someone who has been, who's grown up in this country as, you know, maybe someone who's financially privileged white male, their comfort zone more than likely is going to be a little bit more um, broader as far as approaching things or trying new things or kind of striving for um, achievement or success versus um, a young trans black woman, you know, who is in so many different places, her experience, her, her ability to take up space is limited by um, by the environment. And so just kind of thinking about that, that it's extremely ableist to kind of have this idea. You just have to work hard enough and try hard enough and want it hard and want it enough. And that that's, you know, the the recipe for success. You know, it really invalidates so much of people's individual experiences and kind of the the culture of our of the world that we're living in. Yes. Plus, it, it tries to define success as a specific thing where i mean success is is as individual as individualized as as comfort um my definition of success may be completely different than yours and everyone else's and i think that's where our our culture kind of fails is that it it focuses on this kind of um 
I'm a material materialistic corporatist idea of success as opposed to um, exploring one's own kind of value system and what is success. Because for me, success is what makes you, there, there's many things, but it, what makes you feel happy, what makes you feel of service, what makes you feel kind of um, like your life has purpose. Those, once you find yeah. those things, that's, yeah. success kind for me and all your mission kind of right and i think that's we we lose that because that's often overlooked by the the, the corporatists we need more 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 um right. kind of bold running uh right. there was the video on facebook that i loved of the they were doing the half marathon and the the woman, do you see this? Mm-mm. So there was a half marathon in, I don't remember where, but uh, there was a, a woman running and her, her legs start to buckle under her and two men kind of help her to kind of keep going and then she can't. So another man comes in, like picks her up and runs her to right before the end. And she's way, I mean, you, you can see the, the finish line. She's, mm-hmm. she's there and kind of just takes her a few, a few meters until she's right before it and lets her down and run. And it's gotten hundred million views or something. Yeah. And I did see that. What, what's interesting to me is can anyone even name who won that race, but yet a hundred million people have watched this, this act of, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but this, Compassion. I, I it just, yeah, of just, but also kind of togetherness and, mm-hmm. and it, it just showed these people stopped and it was more important for them to help someone make it with them than to do it themselves and be better. And it wasn't about competition. It was about um, coming together. And that's what we just talked about the other week was this idea. If we can't all make it, then we can't do this that it's not me versus you. It's, it's this togetherness and that's how you actually create, create change or create things of, of, of meaning. Cause everything's interconnected as much as we want to believe in that, that we are individuals and that we can do anything ourselves. It's just, that's not how the world really works. Yes. As individuals, we have a lot of power to affect things, but we're all interconnected. And the way we interact with others is how change is created, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah, I, I did see that video, actually. And, and, and I think that it shows that we're, we're, like you said, we're, I think we're wired for connection. You know, we, we are interconnected and we're, we're wired that way and we have a need for that connection. And so I think it makes so much sense why that video got so many views and, and, and so much attention because that, that speaks to something I think inside of us and, you know, versus kind of the things that we're, um, what's the word I'm looking for that we're conditioned to pay attention to or to value like, who won and, you know, all of those kind of more competitive um, things, but really the, the things that we're drawn to, the things that connect, that we connect to are, are those times when we, we, when you kind of see us come together and, and when we're able to unite around something that that's meaningful. 
Right. Yeah, and I, it's all it, it's to bring it back to the discomfort is I often find um the idea of discomfort is so personal, but it's often when I see it getting in the way, it's often the discomfort with that connection to others in a certain way. It's mm-hmm. um it's certain types of interactions or um the the common thing of uh thinking worrying about what other people think or how other people feel without actually without without knowing or um yeah it just it just it just seems like when i think of ex- expanding the comfort zone um yes there's a lot of individual reflection and you have to have the awareness to to realize that you're uncomfortable and, and push through it. But a lot of that has to, a lot of it also has to do with that connection to help you uh, move forward. Cause the, the things you're going to do that are uncomfortable a lot of times are with other people. So if you're not, if you're not willing to push yourself when you're by yourself, you're probably not willing to push yourself with others or the other way. Some people might, find it more helpful to have others push them, but then they can't push themselves. So that kind of exploration, I think, is, is important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a, I think it's really exploring that and then being able to find that balance of, of being able to draw, you know, strength and, and support motivation from others, but also being able to kind of pull that out of yourself and utilize that and be able to bring yourself into the spaces that are going to challenge you in that way. Um, I think that a lot of us, we, you know, we want to kind of be told how to make ourselves uncomfortable, kind of be prescribed like, okay, this is the way that, that this is going to work for you. But everybody's a little bit different, like you said. And so we even have to be willing to explore for ourselves um, what, what actually is uncomfortable? What does that even look like? What does that feel like? We have to be willing to put ourselves put ourselves into those situations and then kind of do that deeper work of figuring out what that means and, and analyzing our own, or not, I don't know about analyzing, but just because that just sounds too judgmental, but kind of just being curious about our own experience in those situations. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like um, acknowledging. Yes. as opposed yeah. to and i think it's it's i think it's easy to he- to hear this and think like we're talking about uh m- major changes in in your life and it it really starts with little things i think a lot of people don't realize um all the subconscious things that they think about that stop them from doing things from as little as getting out of bed or um, I I think of myself as an actor wanting to go to an audition or nerves or like not wanting to take this class because it's not something I'm, I'm great at and worrying about being judged and and all those things. And it's just, I think creating habits, small habits that get you used to uh, moving out of that comfort zone. And so much meditation is great for that. Um, and just, I mean, it's, it's personal, so I don't want to give like 
specifics of what you should do, but it's, it's about that uh, awareness and that acknowledgement of just saying, Oh, I feel weirdly uncomfortable or I'm or what, what uncomfortable manifest as I'm procrastinating. I'm avoiding, I'm these things that signs that you are uncomfortable. So when you're doing those things, you can stop and, and just think about it for a moment and make the conscious choice to do it. Because if you are procrastinating or if you are avoiding something, it's because you're uncomfortable. And again, like we talked about last week, it's about the reflection because if it's dangerous or <laughs> it's something you shouldn't be be doing for whatever reason, that's different than something just stopping you because your mind is telling you um, that it's outside your, your comfort zone when you're very capable of moving beyond that and, and doing the thing that you're trying to do that your mind's stopping you from doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a thought and then I totally lost it. <laughs> I saw it on your face. I so like, you're like, oh, <laughs> and then we move on. Uh, yeah, and then the other Yeah, the other quote I really love is um Jonathan Lethem, which is discomfort is very much part of the master plan. Mm. Um and I think that's just a good men- mentality to have and and I I I talked about this last week about how me personally I try to make sure that I push myself out of my comfort zone mentally, intellectually, and physically once a week. Um, and again, it's not me going to these extremes. It's just doing things, um, that make me, make me feel uncomfortable. Um, so I do CrossFit, um, and I'm not a big CrossFit head, but it, it, it does it. And there's, there's a part of it where what I love about kind of doing it in a, a workout scenario, specifically in CrossFit is that, um, there's a big also emotional and mental aspect to it because it is kind of competitive and um, nurturing at the same time where people are trying to push you forward. So there's also a lot of reflection on um, knowing your own limits and pushing mm-hmm. yourself health healthily um, without, without, going going too far and doing it kind of step by step by step um yeah yeah and i think that's and i mean i watch i try to watch i mean i i cry at at everything when i watch movies or tv but i do specifically try to find things on a regular basis that are going to push me um mm-hmm. emotionally and when i say that i, I for me um i mean i'm I, I cry so easily at, at movies and TV. So that's not yes. pushing me um, emotionally. What pushes me emotionally is trying to find deeper empathy for things that I'm not naturally uh-huh. empathetic towards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of that is kind of corporatist um, media that mm-hmm. is about people in, in corporate life that, I mean, I'm I'm just surrounded by artists and by activists and um, 
people in, in, in need really um, so often that those are the people I just naturally um, empathize the most, the most with. So right. just finding movies or TV shows about people who I don't have day-to-day experiences with um, help me to, to do that. And then intellectually, I, it's just studying, trying to learn new things. And those, what learn, the more you learn, the more, um, your, your, your mind opens up and the bigger your awareness is obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love the, that you, that you do that weekly. I, I really want to challenge myself to find a way to do that. Maybe, maybe every two weeks. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's for me, it's the goal. It's not yeah, like I, I, just, I, I it doesn't I, always I, happen. Yeah, of course. But I, I like that idea. And I think, um, you know, when you were talking about CrossFit, I I think one of the things that, that's really nice about physical um, activity, and especially when it's like a class or kind of a group, like I experienced this today in yoga class, you know, there was a point in class where I was like, oh, I'm not getting through this, I'm gonna, get, you know, I'm gonna pass out, this is really tiring. But then there's something about being in that room with people that are doing what I'm doing, having a similar kind of shared experience, but also having to push myself through that discomfort and through those moments of wanting to give up or, or judging myself or comparing, but then having to kind of draw strength from the rest of the, of the class is a really cool way to, I think, experience that where you're able to push yourself, but also do it, um, you know, with a, with a group. So you kind of have that it's a, it's a very personal experience of, of what you have to do to kind of push yourself to, you know, to do CrossFit or um, whatever it is, but also it's that shared, we're in it together that I think mm-hmm. kind of, that that's where you draw the strength from. You know, I know for me, like I, there's most of the, the yoga classes that I've taken in class, if I tried to do those sequences at home, I would probably sit down and be like, no, nah, I'm done. Right. I can't, I can't do this. But in a class, I surprise myself every day, you know, which is really cool. Right. And it's a different kind of, I think that's, it's um, an important dialogue to have with, with yourself is what, where the, the, the the complexities of that comfort zone, because there are some limits that you're just not where you are at. You're not going to push yourself through. And that's a big reason why I did CrossFit was I was going to the gym and it was impossible for me to push myself physically by myself at the gym. It just wasn't happening. And I tried to will myself to do it as much as I can, but it got to a point where I realized where I'm at, it's not going to happen. I'm just not going. I would attempt to push myself and just do exactly what you would say. I was like, I could push myself or I could sit here. And I always chose to sit there and leave where with CrossFit, because it's the, the group energy, um, I push myself a lot more. And even within CrossFit, I see a difference. If I'm just in a regular class, um, I will push myself, but only to a point. And mm-hmm. I noticed it when I started doing um, CrossFit competitions where you actually had a judge. And the judge isn't just there to judge you. They're there to tell you to keep going. And you're normally surrounded by people who are all yelling at you to keep going. And you push yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say Everyone will, but I push myself much, much more yeah. when people are going to yelling at me to keep going. Um, and it also, I mean, that's what I was talking about before. It took me a while to figure out like, where's actually my fit, my physical limit, um, where I, it's not, 
it's not about just my comfort zone, but that I physically shouldn't push myself beyond this point. And yeah. then once I found that that place, and it's not as scary as it sounded, it was just <laughs> um, once I kind of found that that rhythm, um, it, it became much more beneficial because yes, I could hear the people um, pushing me to go forward and use that energy, but I also knew for myself that I, I want to get through this workout, so I need to take the extra five seconds to breathe so I can make it through as opposed to just pushing yourself to exhaustion and then you have to stop. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a big part of pushing. I think that's a big part of the conversation in, in mindfulness and anything you do is it's not about the, it, it's about making it through. It's about staying on the path and you don't want to do things that are going to, um, overwhelm you or be a be a danger is what what i want to say and that's yeah emotional harm physical harm intellectual harm what whatever kind of harm it is that's the big that's the big conversation and exploration that people need to have is what where is that line between comfort and and discomfort and and harm yeah yeah and i'm asking yeah oh go ahead no go ahead I was just going to say, was, yeah, going, yeah. going back to yoga, that's another place where I each time have to kind of evaluate and, and figure out, you know, and, and always inevitably my mental limit is comes a lot quicker than my physical limit. My body can do more than my brain thinks it can do. And so, but then there's always a space where, no, I know that I don't need to do this and being able to kind of have that deeper level of awareness that, no, this is this is where I need to stop or this is where I need to allow myself to be today. And I I think that one thing that I love about, um, you know, the yoga studio that I go to is that they're really, really, um, they really, really advocate for taking good care of yourself and recognizing what your own physical limitations are for that day and, and honoring that. And I think that, you know, I've, I've gone to other studios where it's been kind of a more, rigorous kind of um attitude and you feel kind of more pushed to maybe push yourself or 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 worry about feeling judged if you um you know go into child's pose and you know during a sequence or something but i think that it's so important to kind of recognize that that you know we can have these opportunities to kind of challenge that physical limit and each time you do it and you can evaluate for yourself what what that means that it feels like such an accomplishment to me, you know, I always leave class feeling, um, I don't know, I, I guess the word I'm looking for is like wiser about myself, just a little more in touch with who I am and what I can do in a, in a different way. And it, it's a really cool experience that I think you only are able to get when you push yourself in a safe way that's not going to cause harm. Yeah, I think the great thing about uh mindfulness meditation any kind of meditation yoga is that in in our society we we tend to separate um our our body from our emotions and from our our intellect and we see them as kind of separate things that aren't um always completely interconnected um a lot of people just aren't connected with with their bodies or with their emotions or with those things. And it's nice to do things um, like I was talking about, like specific things that this is going to push me physically. This is going to push me emotionally. This is going to push me intellectually. But the things I find most useful 
Um, and the things I stick with the most in my own journey are things that link them all together. Yeah. Where for me, CrossFit is really um, pushes me in, in, in all those ways at the same time. Um, sometimes I'm crying as I'm physically dying, you know, like it's just, right. it's all, all connected. So I think finding that, that connection to your, to your body and our society is, is so vital in, um, truly understanding yourself because we disconnect the self from the body and they're very much connected. It's all connected. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is the, the, to kind of bring it into a clinical place, um, what I, what I do, which was never a conscious thing. It was just as I was meditating and practicing Zen and, and mindfulness, it's just a habit a lot at some point I developed within my meditation is the most important thing is to ask yourself why. Um, and I think that's what most people don't do. They go right to the judgment of this is uncomfortable. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. Um, whatever it is. And they don't ask why. And the exploration and the growth only comes through asking why it's like, if you're in a yoga class and they're pushing you and you, you want to stop, ask yourself, why is it that you're just not wanting to go outside of your comfort zone and you, you really shouldn't push yourself there or is something wrong and you need to stop because you're hurt or, or something you have to, you have to figure something out. And it's in that why that the growth comes for, yeah. comes from. Yeah. I think I, that's a really good um, example of kind of the experience that I have in yoga class that I really hadn't actually thought about that, in those moments when I'm feeling the discomfort and kind of evaluating, I am asking the why, you know, I'm trying to figure out what is this? Is it, well, I just really don't, I'm tired of sweating and I don't want to sweat my hair out anymore today. Or is it like my leg is asleep and I feel like I'm going to fall, you know, but realizing I hadn't really even, you know, thought enough about what's going on in those moments to realize that, yeah, when I'm, when I'm doing that and when I'm in that mindful movement moment, a lot of it is well, why and what's going on and what feeling what I'm feeling and then and then asking that next question. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's where so it's it's also it, it's funny because I'm just thinking about my own my own practice. And when I um, I mean, it still happens. But when um, I practice at the, the Zen temple with the group, when I first started, um, what kept me sitting was my i i naturally um am what's the word i want to use uh i don't want to say self-conscious but uh i don't like i i worry uh, it's hard to explain i don't worry what people think but i don't want to be a hindrance to uh other people like yeah. something in crossfit that i learned is i don't do um partner workouts because i feel bad if i can't do the things my partner is doing. Um, so I will push myself way beyond my limits and pass out or throw up. Um, if I'm in a situation where I'm teamed up with someone who's much more physically fit than I am. Um, and it's just something I, I know about myself. And so what kept me sitting a lot of the time was not wanting to interrupt other people. Mm -hmm. 
that were sitting there and that always kept me sitting. And eventually um, I started thinking, because I mean, when you first start meditating, I mean, I still experience it years, years later. You, you just constantly think like, well, I could get up. You know, I'm uncomfortable. I mean, I've been sitting here. It, it feels like it's been three hours. It's probably only been 20 minutes. But like, what's stop? You start to just question yourself. And it's a good question. You're just saying, what's actually keeping me here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started to learn that, one, that's keeping me there. But then also that that was actually a benefit for that moment because it was making me sit through a different kind of discomfort, the physical discomfort of sitting in lotus position for 40 minutes or not moving for 40 minutes or having that itch for the past 30 minutes that, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, or my leg falling asleep mm-hmm. and having been asleep for 30 minutes. Um, so I was able to push myself in one way because of another insecurity. And the other thing I wanted to say was it was it's interesting talking to people because Everyone, it is so individual to everybody because for me, I've always been a very reflective person. So me, I don't, I tend to think before I act and kind of work it out to a point before I act. And I've met so many people who meditate and are movers in their meditation where they, 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 they fidget when they get uncomfortable and I'll start to want to explore that with them. And what is often the case is that they say, as soon as they think it, they do it. That there is no ability, they have they have developed no ability to ask themselves why or explore it before they make the choice. It's just literally they're thinking something and it's manifesting and it's, it's happening. So they have to completely learn to, to slow it down. So what is often helpful for them is uh, in, in the Zen that, that I practiced, there was um, awakening techniques where there was like a bamboo stick and they would hit, um, you would have to, you would have to ask for this to happen. But if you were feeling like sleepy, they'd hit you in a, on a muscle um, with a bamboo mm-hmm. stick and it just kind of gave you a shock to wake you up. Or the other thing, if someone fell asleep, the um, person leading would just randomly do a guttural scream to wake up. And uh, you would kind of see how mindful you were if you reacted, if you were one sleeping or if it threw you off because if it threw you off, you also weren't present, but there's those little triggers you can do to, um, I think a lot of people who have problems, um, starting the thought, think that the, the questioning or the exploration has to happen at a certain point. And if you were uncomfortable and you moved, you can always ask yourself why later and have that, exploration after that it doesn't have to happen before the the movement happens there's no right or wrong place for you to have that that dialogue with yourself and that exploration totally yeah that's a really good point i think that people kind of just feel like well i didn't do it so move on and kind of don't really realize that there's it's it's important to know why you know why was it such a quick response and that there's always an opportunity to kind of explore that Awesome. Well, for everyone who doesn't know, I started a Facebook group called Mindfulness in Action Civil Discourse um, that everyone should should join because we're going to um, I, I would love that to be the place to have an, an ongoing dialogue with um, our viewers and the, the mindfulness community about their practicing and about um, the the struggles they're having or the wins they're having. Um, and 
Yeah, and it's also where you can do our assignments that we give you each week. <laughs> what, what I would love this week to be is just um, share when you've had a moment where you were discomfortable and you, or when you were uncomfortable and you were able to overcome it. Um, yeah, nice. simple. I like that. Get and it could be little. It does doesn't have to be a big a big anything. thing. It can be. It could. It, they're all big things, even if they're yes. they seem mundane, because those mund mundane things that we experience add up and and create. They might be small ripples now, but they become big ripples and waves later. Totally awesome! I'm excited to hear what people experience. Yes. Okay, and you can join us uh, on social media at Civil D TV as well. All right. Thanks. See you Have guys a wonderful week. Time. Bye.